my next guest is the author of Jams with a Twist. It's a cookbook that she's written in conjunction with the UK's National Trust, and it follows the success of her debut cookbook, The Modern Preserver, and Kylie Newton is with us now. Kia ora. Good evening, Kylie. Kia ora. Thank you for having me on, Karen. I'm very excited to talk with you. Yeah, same to have you here. What's the twist? Well, I've always had flavour twists. I think that's why in the National Trust, they've done lots of books on jam making before. So they wanted someone who had a new kind of take and modern kind of look into the preserving um, twists that you can do with jam making. So it goes down into flavour combinations and there's a foraging section and then I do um, traffic-like uh, jams, so layering different coloured jams together, much like the traffic lights at Cobb & Co growing up. Oh, and, wow, that, uh, that looks amazing. Yeah, and then I kind of end the book with how to add those jams into kind of fun uh, jarred desserts. So just a little bit of fun. Yeah, Cute so glass jars, one would assume, with the traffic light jam that you can see through. Yeah. What what flavours go well in that? Like what can you mix together that if you happen to put your knife down right into the bottom and you pulled out however many, they'd mix well? Well, if you well. wanted a classic, like a classic, uh, you know, traffic light, you'd go with, what, an apricot for amber and um, a raspberry for red and then for green, something like... Um, an apple or a lime marmalade. So, yeah, there's lots of fun kind of things to yeah. do. <laughs> I've got lots to talk about jams, you know. <laughs> I bet that looks – that would be a great present. Did you do a lot of um, gifting over Christmas of your jams and preserves? Yeah, I get I, – I worry that people get a little bit sick of me gifting jams. I doubt to, it. No. <laughs> I, th- I think that's how my second book was kind of birthed. Um, my first book, as you mentioned, The Modern Preserver. Um, the second book I've written is um, The Modern Preserver's Kitchen. So it's all a means of using up that glut of kind of jams and, and chutney and pickles that you've kind of come, you've made now. So um, you can use them into everyday meals. But this last book, yeah, I was asked by the National Trust to write it, and so it was quite the honour, I think. You know, uh, National Trust are about preserving nature and um, beauty within nature, so I felt like it was a perfect match for me. Yeah, how did you get in? Well, how did they get in contact with you? What was the hookup? Well, I've been living in um, London for the last 21 years. I've been back in Aotearoa in the last um, year. So I think all the connections are uh, are from that. Just I used to run a little preserving company called Newton & Pot, which was um, based in London and made everything from scratch in small batches. I guess I've just uh, grown a reputation as being a bit of a a know-it-all and and, um, (laughs) – The preserving world. <laughs> and how, how many copies did you do in the print run for the National Trust? So I, I have no idea how many copies they do. You know, they keep the author uh, quite often out of uh, out of the loop of that type of thing. <laughs> I'm hoping quite a lot. I hope they don't keep you out of the loop of the royalties. No, no, I've got an agent who looks after that, so uh, no problem there. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so in that, we'll, we'll, we'll just stay with jams for a while. Um, yeah. At the moment, I'm not sure where you're based. Are you in the north or the south? 
I mean, in the North Island, um, uh, have been in Taranaki for the last month. Um, but before that, I was in Auckland. Um, managed to miss all the the sad kind of uh, flooding that they've had. So in Taranaki, the weather's been pretty good. So yes, and in terms of the actual fruit and things that you're making your jams out of. Um, just for example, um, I, I was in the supermarket the other day and saw that lettuces had taken an absolute hammering. They're just a disaster area from the, the rain and the flooding. Um, and, and so up this neck of the woods, I imagine that uh, any of the fruits that would have been available uh, wouldn't be at their best. Yeah, I hear that in Hastings they've had quite a battering of, uh, you know, apricots and all the stone fruits, which it's like the perfect season right now to get uh, jamming for all of those things. So, yeah, I've managed to get some up from the South Island um, uh, and do some beautiful apricot and flaked almond jams for a local bakery. We've done a little collaboration. Yum, that sounds amazing. So you've got slithers. Yeah, so slithers of um, almonds in amongst your uh, apricot jam. I just feel like it needs a little bit of texture sometimes jam, so I like to put nuts through it. And what about the sugar content? What's your stance on that? So back in the old days, they used to match sugar to weight to fruit weight. I'm, I'm, uh, I guess that's a, a little bit of a twist in in the book as well, and the way that I make preserves. I work more on the natural gelling of pectin that's uh, in the fruit, so I can add less sugar content. I know that we're all very concerned about our sugar. Um, intake these days so they're quite low sugar jams but legally I can still call them a jam because you have to have a certain percentage of sugar in it to actually well in the UK anyway to legally call a jam a jam do you yeah that sounds (laughs) I think it's here as well right I wonder why um I think then it just turns into a conserve or a um, preserve and uh, people need to be uh, to know, I guess, how much sugar is in, in, in what they're eating. So, so it has to be a standard or below the standard. No, yeah, sorry, yeah. above the standard. The high sugar content usually um, adds to the preservation, so the longevity of the preserves. So if it's lower in sugar content, then you basically need to keep it in the fridge ah. or the or freeze it or um yeah so i think it's something to do along those lines keeping, legally right keeping it in the cupboard all right so so that's those are fruit well apricots you mentioned and um the traffic light had raspberries apples perhaps um what about other things that you can make um jams out of vegetables Vegetables become a little bit trickier when you're working with pectin, which is a natural gelling um, substance in fruit and vegetables. Vegetables tend to have less gelling um, agent, which is pectin. So basically, majority of fruits are used for um, making jam. However, I do my favorite recipe in the book is a zucchini marmalade, but I am mixing it with a lot of lemon um which i'm getting all those pectin that pectin in it to make it kind of gel up so yeah you can do and i have done a a cucumber jelly before um with black pepper um which is quite an interesting combination uh nice and fresh i love that kind of idea of having uh cucumber slices on a piece of um nutty toast with um 
cracked black pepper. So I kind of wanted to make it into a jelly form. It's a little bit harder to get the setting right of it. It takes a little bit more skill, but um, yeah, it can be done. But And then I've got also a carrot um, marmalade as well, which is quite a fun thing to kind of make marmalade. But once again, you have to have those kind of citrus notes in it to kind of make it set as a jelly or jam. Ah, do, do people mistake that the carrots for like oranges? Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's a fascinating. You, have you done any preserving, Karen? I haven't. <laughs> Yeah, is it not, are they not oranges that's used in marmalade? Is it grapefruit? What, what's in marmalade? Mostly, mostly it is um, oranges, uh, lemons, or yeah, citrus. Anything citrus is is a marmalade base. No, in the a... old days, they used to make marmalade out of um, quinces, but uh, it beca- became popularized um, by Seville oranges getting kind of. Um, uh, uh, a boat got uh, off the shore of um, Scotland, got uh, crashed or something, and all these Seville oranges turned up on the shore, and uh, someone became famous for making Seville orange marmalade. Oh, so that's good. it means to give their, these oranges uh, longevity. I just meant that if you gave somebody or you saw a pot of carrot marmalade, you might just think it's ordinary marmalade. <laughs> So, yeah, but, oh, it's got grated carrots through it. <laughs> uh, uh, when I say, is it nice? I bet it is. Uh, but the, the zucchini marmalade, how big are the strips of zucchini or how do you cut those up? Do you make those into little like matchstick type? So, yeah, you would grate it in as oh, well. Oh, grate it, so right. You, just, yeah, you grate it in. Um, yeah, and it's just a nice little flavour. You make, you know, zucchini um, at, baked loaves so it's kind of me just you know having a play with the kind of different fruits or vegetables that I've got available and just trying to make it into a a jam I went to art school so I'm always um, trying to conceptualize things into different forms so I I guess I it, it shows through my my preserving yeah well grilled red pepper and chili jam how sweet yeah. would something okay. like that be? It sounds like savoury to me, but if, if it's got to have a certain sugar level in it. It's got to have some sweetness. It does have a, a certain amount of sweetness. Um, you, you need that sugar to kind of create that kind of set as well. But it's like that uh, savoury sweet unami um, uh, that goes on in your in your palate. So you would put it with cheese, I'd say, or you can drizzle it on to um, like a a noodle dish or the same thing that you would use a sweet chili sauce with. That sounds delicious too. So what about gathering uh, berries and not these days, it's pretty hard to go and get things like blackberries and so forth, isn't it? Strawberries, are strawberries all finished? Strawberries are coming to the end, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I guess in the UK, I, a lot of the foraging section in the book is based around lots of things that I could find in the UK that would uh, go with the National Trust's um, preservation of the land and nature. But uh, yeah, you can yeah, you can find it's as simple with the foraging section as going as growing things in your backyard as well. Um, you know, using things that you might find that you've been growing yourself, or um, you know, wild cherries or wild st- strawberries. Do you find ra- wild strawberries in New Zealand? 
Sometimes you find them in all the hedgerow and it's a little bit harder, I yeah. think, to find those type of things in, in New Zealand. Um, Dampsons, I think they have them down in the South Island. Yes, I'm just thinking about wild strawberries. I've seen them in the UK, but I can't recall seeing yeah. them in New Zealand. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, so, but I'm sure people have. Um, you know, they, they might be able to tell us the text is 2101. But, but um, in terms of the foraging in England for the National Trust, what were some of the things that you included in the book that you could go and forage for there? The strawberries, wild strawberries? <laughs> Wild strawberries, wild cherries. There's a lot of wild plums. Um, the um, a lot of the streets are lined with plum trees, so that you get this beautiful blossom in the spring, and then it turns into a lot of fruit um, with cherries as well. Of the streets of London, which is quite exciting. Um, there were some fun things. Cob nuts uh, were a good thing to kind of go and forage for. Sometimes you'd see it find a cob nut tree. Um, What's a cob nut? So it's kind of like a immature hazelnut. Oh yes. Um, yeah. So it's a, a young hazelnut, um, uh, which it has all this beautiful leafy stuff around it, which you have to peel off, and then you roast roast the uh, cob nuts. It, yeah, very very delicious. Can, can we so, get James with a twist here? Yes, it's available here. Um, I think you can buy it online in all the kind of online uh, shops, but they've finally got it into the country um, and they're distributing it. I, I think the first 500 copies that they distributed into the country have gone out to bookshops in um, places around New Zealand. So we're working on the second shipment to come in. Fantastic. And so now you've done all that and that's that's now you know done and dusted. It's on the shelves. Uh, you must be working on some other things. We've got Fijoas coming into uh, season soon. Yeah, absolutely. We have um, my mother and I uh, in Taranaki, I'm staying at my mother's at the moment, and there's a tree that kind of goes comes over the fence and every year we get the ladder out and we steal the ones that are growing on inside. So <laughs> this would um, backyard foraging. <laughs> they uh, won't know, Ryan. Is, so. is that done with the blessing of the neighbour? Do they know that, that that those branches are empty? <laughs> well, I don't know. They, uh, yeah, not, not particularly in the blessing <laughs> of the neighbours. What they don't know, they can't see uh, that side of the, the fence. So I, I feel like they're ours. <laughs> Some things like um, what am I thinking about that are, in this in this part of New Zealand uh, relatively easy to get hold of things like guavas. You know, there's little guavas that people have in their yeah. backyard, and um, yes. And if you can get them before the birds get them, and sometimes they have little worms in them, though, don't they? It's a thing with yeah, foraging. Yeah, you can boil them down and, uh, and make them into a chutney. Those things are always great to make into a chutney um, as as well. So add some vinegars, sugars, and uh, onions through the mix, and it kind of, you know, get filter out all the worms and the and whatnot. Or eat them with it. Nobody's going to notice, are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> cook it up. Cook, cook it for long enough. <laughs> Unless they look too closely. So we've got. Um, yeah. So are you thinking of doing something for the New Zealand environment? Book wise? Yeah, I'm actually. Um, I, I'm because I've only been back a year. I've, I've been doing a lot of courses at um, Peter Gordon's homeland in Auckland. Um, so I'll be doing one and coming up in March again. Uh, I'm also working as an ambassador with the Kiwi Harvest 
people, um, which is going to be announced really soon. But we uh, Kiwi Harvest are all about um, waste, not want not. They distribute the wasted food uh, that comes out of New Zealand and distribute it around to the people in need who need food the most. So I think they've been super, super busy in Auckland at the I moment. Bet. Just make everyone's fed but there's so much waste I, I, one of the reasons I got into preserving was basically to do with it was the perfect um, antidote to wasting less so you use up a seasonal glut and you give the food um, the fruit and vegetables longevity so yes. uh, waste Food waste has always been close to my heart and trying to teach people and um, educate them a little bit more on their carbon footprint as well. It's not good for the environment to waste all the, these resources on growing if we're not going to eat it all. So, yeah, I just want to kind of spread the word and help um, Kiwi Harvest spread the word about uh, wasting less with your food. food. And that's even like fridge foraging and, and using things up um, like if you've got carrots with your carrot tops on, you can make the carrot tops into a pesto to go with your pasta. Or um, we have just been eating the leaves um, that come with the beetroots because the leaves are actually really tasty in a salad. And we had it in our salmon pasta as well this evening. So mm. it's just kind of using it all and having uh, getting around that concept that, you know, um, using what's up in your fridge and not letting it go to waste and not throwing stuff out. Um, Having yeah, a, I feel like that's uh, gonna, something that I had with me from New Zealand, really. Right, Kelly, so I was just going to say, and having an artistic mindset like you do. I've got lots of um, suggestions here for you. Shall I go through a few? Um, yeah. Or, or where people can have um, found, uh, for, gone foraging. Uh, a neighbour gave me kawakawa fruit jam last summer and it was delicious. Oh. Excellent. One. See, I'm, I'm hoping to get involved more. I've got a couple of foraging books um, that were gifted to me at Christmas um, for Aotearoa, so I'm going to delve into that kind of the New Zealand um, foraging and see what's available here as well, which is exciting for me. <laughs> yes, uh, we have wild raspberries in Arthur's Pass. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Excellent. And uh, this person says, just quietly, we discovered a blackberry bush at Auckland. I don't want to say where it is. It's in Mount Eden. But oh, no, I, I want to know where it is now. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you a uh, DM. <laughs> yeah, please send uh, me a DM. And kia ora, Karen. No, our strawberries are, ta are tame. Pomarie, that's from the Universal Auntie. Uh, and okay. this person says, elderberries, jam and cordial. Lots grow wild in New Zealand. That's from Lal. Oh, yeah, elderberries are amazing. Um, I think that when I was up in Auckland, I used to drive past um, an elder flower tree and bloom, and I kept meaning to pull over and just ramsackle it because, yeah, elder flowers are really beautiful to use in cordials, but, yeah, elderberries are really um, delicious as well. And actually in Jams and a Twist, there is an elder flower berry, uh, sorry, an elderberry, recipe as well. Ah, uh, Ian from Nelson says, wild strawberry plants form an attractive ground cover that's easy to remove. The strawberries are rather small though. That's Ian from Nelson. Yeah, uh, yeah small. they are small. And uh, guava moth has ruined many guava and feijoas and other fruit from Northland to the south of Auckland includes citrus, macadamia and apple. Have you heard about yeah, that? Yeah, I know that 
I know that Fijoas um, have been having a problem too, uh, especially in the North Island with some bug as well. So, yeah, we need to try and protect those things. It is great that in the National Trust and the UK are an organisation that protect the, those type of things. Maybe we start one up, Karen. Yeah, uh, this one says beetroot jelly. Yeah, beetroot jelly is fantastic as well. What would you do with that? You'd have it on what? Or to have it more on a savoury dish, I think. Beetroot is one of those sweet kind of vegetables, though, that kind of can cross both kind of sweet or savoury, um, you know, realms. I, I make a really good uh, beetroot and orange chutney, which my mother makes annually. So, uh, um, yeah, it's it, it's a great thing. I love beetroots. I have to work with. And where can we – have you got a website? I have, but some cyber um, person has uh, hacked it oh. and uh, was um, advertising bitcoins for a while. But soon I'll have modernpreserver.com <laughs> up real soon. Hang on, tell me. Um, sorry, I missed what it was. What's the address? Is it real soon? Um, it's themodernpreserver.com. Righto. Very good. And it should be up real soon. Um, yeah, my husband's probably working on it as we speak. Oh, that's good. Quite late at night to be doing that. Well, at least it won't be Bitcoin jam. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Very good, Kylie. And uh, the jam with, jams with a twist. Um, we can look around uh, perhaps you know, Unity or um, Paper Plus or places yeah. like that and find it. So thank you. Yeah. You've given us a lot to think about, a lot of creative ideas. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me. Thank you. That, that's uh, Kylie Newton, Jams with a Twist and The Modern Preserver. Uh, great books. Great, great idea. It'd be wonderful to read that book. I'd love to see the pictures in it, especially the traffic light jam. I think that's an amazing idea if you've got the, uh, the time and the energy and the expertise to be able to make something like that. People are screaming, it's not that hard. Yes, some of us think it might be.